0: Hi, I'm Matt Waller, Dean of the Sam M. Walton College of Business. Welcome to Be Epic, the podcast where we explore excellence, professionalism, innovation, and collegiality, and what those values mean in business, education, and your life today. I have with me today Professor Vern Richardson, who is Distinguished Professor of Accounting and Katie Terrell, who is an instructor in the accounting department. And they are co-authors on a new textbook, it's the first of its kind, in data analytics for accounting. And this is such a big topic in every discipline. It seems like there are textbooks in data analytics in many other disciplines, and you all have the first and only one, and we're thrilled that it's coming out of the Walton College, that's great. I uh, you know, and I know that um, there's many features of the book. You actually came up with a framework that we'll talk about later to think about data analytics and accounting. And from what I have learned about it, I'm really impressed by it. But you've also used um, data from Dillard's department stores. We had access to a huge amount of data from them and other companies. So that's pretty impressive. Congratulations on the accomplishment. Thank Thank you. you. We're glad it's done. (laughs) That's right. Well, seriously, flipping through it, I thought, oh, my gosh, this must have been a huge amount of work. I can't imagine it. But thank you for doing it. But, you know, the other thing that occurred to me about this book is that I know it's a textbook, but I would think businesses would want to learn how to do this as well.
1: Yeah, we've talked to basically all the, the big accounting firms and just try to get an idea of how they how they approach it. And I think it actually took us some time to figure out what data analytics means to them. And I, I think we, we tried to go first to really say what we think the minimum needed to be in a textbook, a theoretic frame, some experiential data, you know, the analysis that you actually have to go through and, and get your hands wet or dirty and and try to solve some questions that people have and accounting questions a lot of times we get feedback like the text is good but especially because it deals directly with accounting and and there's business analytics books and there's other analytics books out there but accounting seems to be the one since it's an accounting question uh that we we address that seems to resonate with uh, students and instructors and the profession
0: knowing the demand for data analytics in general, I mean, if you Google data analytics, you know, and there's a lot of uh, results that are generated, but it's clear the interest is very high. What made you decide? Yeah, I want to go in into this. I want to write a textbook in data analytics.
2: I would mostly blame Vern for that, but it is a class that we've been teaching here. For four years now, we've been teaching advanced accounting information systems, and I began teaching it without a book. I had to create the material or cobble together material that already existed online. And, you know, you mentioned that there are business analytics textbooks and other data analytics textbooks for other fields. And so you can kind of gather all of that together and try and explain how it fits into the accounting perspective. And that takes time and it takes effort and it's worth doing. But then you see that you're not the only one doing that. There, there are other universities that have professors and instructors who are trying to do the same thing, and then there's just a real wall for anyone who doesn't know how to do that or doesn't have the time to do that, and it prevents the subject from being taught. And so we just thought, you know what, we've been teaching it, we've been finding these materials, we've been researching what needs to be taught in this class, let's just write the book for it and let's make it happen. And because the book exists, this class is being able to be taught all over the place by people who wouldn't have the first idea how to create a SQL query in the first place, but they have a book that will teach them so they can teach their students. So it's a really,
0: really valuable resource. Are other schools adopting it yet? Last number I
1: heard was 4,000 uh, wow. copies sold in the, the first nine months. Right. Um, so so wow. we're very pleased with where where it stands and, and it just means people are using it. A, a lot of times it's, can the ins- instructor learn it? Because usually, the in- what usually happens is the department chair would go to the instructor and say, we need data analytics, you're teaching it. And so they immediately say, <laughs> oh no, <laughs> I'm not trained in this. And actually, you know, a lot of our research training <laughs> helps a lot in this area. Oh, yeah. but, but a lot of them say, okay, what materials are there? And they often you know start headed toward our book and at least we'll look at it and consider using it.
0: I want to just talk for a moment about the model you have the impact cycle, you call it. And uh, one feature of the book is this theoretic framework, and I wanted to just say, you know, a lot of times people in practice, of course, think of theoretic as non-practical, but of course, as we know, a good theory is very practical because it describes, explains, and predicts whatever it is you're doing. So by having this, this framework that you're using throughout the book, it benefits the students and it helps you predict good outcomes and and explain why you're teaching it this way, why the book's laid out this way. How did you come up with the model?
1: So the impact model actually comes from another textbook provider, and we've pretty much stolen it and cited it. Um, But then we try to use it throughout. So in every chapter, the first four chapters are kind of the, the foundation for the book. So we'll go through the impact model. And then every lab we use, we also follow the impact model. Um, I stands for identify the question, M for master the data, P for perform analysis, uh, A for addressing and refine results, and C is communicate insights, and then T is is tracking outcomes. And it's a recursive cycle. So essentially, you go through this process or maybe just do the first two steps and say, I've got a better question now, which happens all the time. And, And you go back through and do it round and round again until you have... Uh, answered the question that, that's before you. And the idea is that we're supposed to be information providers to the decision makers. So decision makers have a question and we say, okay, let's see if we can address it.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I'll add to it that when you say the term data analysis, we're going to do data analysis, people tend to think about the P of the step, that perform the test plan. Oh, data analysis, that's regression. Or that's a pivot table in Excel, that's doing the work you can only do the work if you know what question you're asking, you can only do the work if you know how to gather the data and clean it. The work only matters if you can explain it, if you can communicate it, and then assess how often you should go back and track it and look at it. So it really puts the meat of data analysis in the context that is really critical for our students.
0: I would like to talk just briefly about this data. Would you describe it a little bit? The data set we are
2: the most excited about using and that has the most prevalent presence throughout the text is from dillard's department store like you mentioned and we're thrilled that we have access to that the walton college has provided that data, and that data is not provided just to University of Arkansas students. Anyone can access it by getting the right permissions with a .edu, and they can get in there and they can work with this really beautiful data set that is real. And so what we love about having this access in our textbook, and we walk students through how to get to the data, how to clean the data, how to work with it and analyze it in lots of different ways and lots of different forms, it's so important because it's messy. You know, students are so typically provided a beautifully clean set of data, you know. They copy it from the back of the book or whatever it is, it's just there and it's ready for analysis. And if all our students can do when they enter their professional lives is work with clean data, they're a mile behind where they need to be. So with the Dillard's data, students are learning how to join data with SQL. They're learning how to pull that data into Excel and clean it the way they need it to, to be to work with and
0: analyze it. If I were taking this course I might I might be afraid that well I don't know SQL. Is that okay?
1: That's part of the course is we realize you didn't walk into the course knowing SQL or any of the other tools we're using. So usually what we'll do is we'll go step by step. So screenshot by screenshot, click here, point there, enter this here, and, and that's pretty easy. What's less easy is at the end of each lab we usually say okay we did it for January now do it for December or uh, we found out this about sales return data. Now we need to um, see if we can predict it for the future. How would we do that? And, and so sometimes it's just written what they think they should do. Other times it's jump back in, go back to step three and start over and do it again for the new year. So then then they've got to modify it left and right and, and change uh, it in order to uh, get the new result they need.
0: So Vern, you've written a lot in your life. You've written lots of articles for academic journals. You've written other textbooks. What other textbooks have you written?
1: Uh, mostly accounting information systems. So it's a, a fairly standard. It's a survey of, of accounting systems and, and that's where we've decided to, to work and this is kind of the next stage of that. Um, but it's something that gets easier as you write. You put yourself in the students View. You say, What's a good question? What's a bad question? You know, how would I ask this in terms of multiple choice? How would I explain this? What things would I cite? What have I learned? It's something that actually becomes easier as you do a lot of it.
0: And this textbook, uh, I, I just read a couple of random paragraphs, but I can tell it's very well written, very well organized. You have a glossary. You're talking about screenshots and so forth. Is there a online companion to go with this or is it not necessary?
2: There is. So through the publisher, through McGraw-Hill, they have provided a Connect companion to it. So uh, Connect is just McGraw-Hill's online resource and not every lab and not every problem, but many labs and many problems can be worked either Just completely in the text or through the connect component. So, of course, that's where students will go to gather the data that they need to work with. Um, And it's also where they could go and there's, you know, auto-gradable labs and auto-gradable discussion questions and that sort of thing that make it a little bit easier for instructors.
0: So now we're going to talk just briefly about one of the labs that you have, and it's called uh, Dillard's Store Data, colon, hypothesis testing. Of course, Dillard's Department Store is... One of the most successful department store chains uh, in the world, they're in 29 states, have over 330 stores. Most people listening to this will have probably shopped at Dillard's before. Uh, Their headquarters is in Little Rock, Arkansas, which is three hours from our campus. But Bill Dillard II graduated from your accounting program before you all were here. (laughs) That's right. We didn't train him. He's training us. But, uh, you know, I, I... I know him quite well, and he really attributes some of his success and Dillard's success to his strength uh, in accounting. He he loved accounting. N- understanding accounting is so important uh, for business in general. So, um, Dillard's department store data. Uh, what is this? Let's let's review this uh, lab as an example.
1: So, one of the requirements of accountants is we try to match everything. So, revenues have to be matched with expenses and related to that is a recent promulgation saying not only expenses have to be matched, but also sales returns. So you get to the end of the period and you have to predict what sales returns are gonna be, even though they might not come back for a month or six months after the period. We had the idea, okay, what we're gonna do is we're gonna just have the innocent question of are returns different around holiday season versus non-holiday season. So at the holiday season, we sell more, but i know you know soon after the holidays i'm going to take a couple of things back mm-hmm. and so we're trying to predict that and so we had the, the initial question could we compare holiday season and non-holiday season and it's particularly interesting because the close of the year is soon thereafter and so they're going to close their books in january and they all the returns haven't come back yet second part of this is just because we're in arkansas we said is is the sales returns in arkansas different than other states. I mean, just because dillers are more prevalent or I don't know, maybe Arkansans are different, you know, somehow could we predict this differently? And so that's kind of the setup. And how do we address it? Well, we go to the master of the data, the M of the impact model, and then simply say, okay, let's get the data mm-hmm. and then start to ask the question. So we get the data and we call it ETL, extract, transform, load, and essentially have the data ready for use and then go through, and and in this case we use Excel, and we just basically run a regression analysis, or it could be a T-test, but we run a a regression analysis just to see if they're different.
0: You know, a lot of times when you're dealing with this kind of sales data, you wind up having to do a lot of uh, data cleansing. Mm -hmm. Is this data already cleansed?
2: No. It's not, we each have different favorite parts of the lab, but my favorite part is the master of the data piece, the ETL, because no, it's not clean data and it's not ready for analysis. So the student has to first access a remote desktop so that they can get to the Dillard's data. Within that remote desktop environment, um, and the lab walks the student through how to do all of this, but then within that environment, um, they can pop into Excel And through Excel, they can connect to SQL Server, which is where the data is stored. So they can extract that data using some SQL code um, within the Excel environment, bring that into Excel using Power Query. They clean that data. So there's lots of kind of pivoting columns and massaging that data to get it ready for analysis. Also keeping in mind that it's a massive data set. So Excel alone can't hold all the records that we want to analyze. The Power BI component of Excel can, so we can have all of those records in Power BI, clean it, get it crunched and ready to fit in Excel and then from there they can run their t-test or their regression analysis.
0: Well that's so important because you know so often students get out of college and they know how to run regression or all kinds of statistics but they don't know how to cleanse and harmonize data. There is a statistic that 50 to 90
1: percent of a data analyst's time is spent cleaning the data so, so you imagine pushing the regression button, mm-hmm. you know, it might be 2% of the time <laughs> and the rest of the time getting the data ready. Yeah. So, so that's, I mean, and what do you do with a zero? What do you do with a negative sales amount i mean is that a return or is that a mistake what do you do with a negative 999 right you know and and those (laughs) are all all questions and and you have to know how to address them you can't just delete them yeah you actually have to do something with them so that means really getting to know the data what does that mean and once you get used to the data and sometimes you call up a friend or call up someone at dillard's and just say
0: what's going on here well now you know this is really interesting to me because i've done lots of data cleansing in my life for analyses I've done, and I know if you're good enough at data cleansing and data harmonization, you can unfortunately affect the outcome. Even if you just, you have no agenda, you want to be completely honest about it, you still have these decisions to make. And I would think, you know, so if an accounting that's required now to, to forecast returns, do they have any guidelines on Forecasting methods, like you're using regression to do the forecasting.
1: Well, usually, you know, predictive ability. I mean, even just an R-squared number, or or how well are you, you know, are predicting the future type of thing, and then continuous checks, and and if you're way off, then you know, go try something new, you know, try something in multivariate fashion or or some other way. But I think that's the the baseline. And, and one of the problems is, you know, we're not at Dillard's, so we're not doing sales returns. And so we're just looking at it, but then we try to look through and say, hey, this model worked or this model didn't work as well. And then that's one of the questions is, what else should we use? What else, you know, is available to use? Or if you could have any data in the world, what would you use to try to explain returns? And, and so those are kind of open questions that we hope people have because students have, so that they then can, you know, learn from the data and say, okay, this is how I do it when I do yeah. work for Dillard's, and I am trying to predict sales.
2: Absolutely, and kind of looking at the the strange things that they might come across in the data, and are they errors? Or is there a constant, consistent error with this? And the, the student should then be able to think, okay, when I work at Dillard's, what can I do to make sure that data error isn't happening? You know, kind of taking it back to the relational database design and everything, because it's all connected.
0: Mm-hmm. If you think about it, technology is allowing us to really do a better job of teaching. I mean, you couldn't have done this 20 years ago. Not Well, you could have, but it would have been very hard. First of all, it would be hard for us to have that much data right. in the Walton College. And then the tools now that are available to clean the data, extract the data, analyze the data, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, they're just so much better.
1: As well. I think you'll know from your supply chain background, but activity-based costing, usually we pick two or three drivers and someone will say, here's your two or three drivers. Now we can say, hey, here's 10 possible drivers, which one should we pick? Wow, that's so, a good So example. we run our regression mm-hmm. analysis and say, these three loaded, these seven did not. I guess these are our three. Maybe we'll check it again next year, but these are the three we'll use for now. And that seems to explain overhead cost or costing in some way and so let's use those and then that, that's just a, a different level that you wouldn't have expect students to use
0: 20 years ago. I'm thrilled about the book. This is really impressive. Congratulations to both of you. Thank um, you. Now, this new book you're, you're working on that's not finished yet and it's going to be more focused on using Excel, is that it right? It is, yes. Will you also be using Dillard's data and other companies data?
1: Uh, At this point, probably not. Mm -hmm. Uh, Just because we're trying to hone the data analysis skills or even Excel skills of our students. And because you have to go to a remote desktop, because you've got to log in, because you've got to do SQL Mm -hmm. and all of those, those are important skills, but you know you've taught at this level you know sophomore level student and and, you know just getting them to run excel might be as far as we get and that's okay you you got to take them where they're at right so
0: So in the excel course will they learn things like i don't know how to create pivot tables they will absolutely
2: yeah you know they'll have the slightest introduction to excel of the hand holding of difference between formula and function just to make sure they're even confident working within a blank worksheet and then it will be pivot table it will be tables in general Regression, t-tests, that sort of will
0: thing. Will they use like macros at all?
2: I don't think that we're planning on having macros at this point with it. Um, I think kind of the the next kind of elevated skill that would be involved would be moving from Excel into Tableau. Okay. So working with more data visualization and seeing what so is do we will be using Tableau. We will be using Tableau. Yes.
0: Well, yeah. that's just my awareness of what's going on in supply chain and CPG and retail. I mean, Excel and Tableau are huge. It's huge.
2: And I mean, it is, it's something that employers are really excited about. The students love working in Tableau. Once you get over the initial fear factor of a new application, it's really a friendly application. You can just make such cool stuff with it. It's exciting and fun and really marketable.
0: So it's really neat that these two textbooks that you all are creating, students become facile with Excel and Tableau and SQL and other tools, but what is your real emphasis?
1: Well, what we really want is is the critical thinking skills. I mean a lot of what we do here can be done by computers But asking the question or having that expertise May not ever be able to be done by computers. So what we'd like to do is really specify the question carefully and, and then curate the data to make sure you can answer it, that it's the right data at the right quality level that will actually answer the question and then provide you know some results and communicate them so that the decision maker can make a better decision. But it's not really the tool. I mean, we use seven different tools, but the emphasis really is on the thinking skills and going through the whole process time and again and saying, OK, I know I can now handle this even though I go work at a firm and they use Alteryx, right. and I've never used Alteryx, and what will that look like? And in three years, they'll use something completely different right. and better, or theoretically better. And yet, you know, if they've done this process, they kind of know what to do, even though the functionality of the tool might be different.
0: Well, you know, I hope that other colleges of business around the country and around the world adopt this new approach that you guys have created, but I'm grateful that our students are first movers on this, that they're getting to, to learn this material.
1: Well, it is nice. I mean, the Walton College is all over this textbook. I mean, between Dillard's and everything that we're trying to do. So we think, uh, you know, Walton College has given us the tools and the time and the pat on the back, you know, to say
0: this is good. And so we want to do more of it.